Good afternoon. This is Dr. David. Welcome back to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. I am here on a Saturday at 6.50 p.m. at 7 o'clock. I should be out of here. Uh, but as most of you do know, I do work Saturdays. I see a lot of clients on Saturdays um, back to back all day. Um, I do coaching sessions on Saturdays. I do initial consultation sessions on Saturday. I do sometimes record podcasts on Saturdays, and I definitely do hypnosis and hypnotherapy sessions on Saturdays because that's the quietest day of the week when nobody else but me is here and my clients. So it's a really, really good day. Uh, Saturday is a really, really good day for me to do hypnosis session and coaching sessions and, and other things like that. Um, so um, I am here a lot of Saturdays, although... Um, this year, I've kind of started taking Saturdays, some Saturdays off here and there, but most of the time I'm here on a Saturday, uh, and it's kind of my goal in the future to be here eh, every other Saturday or take at least one Saturday off uh, every month, but Saturdays are very, very energetic uh, and very productive days for me, uh, so I benefit from coming in on Saturdays, but anyway, I hope that you've had a good week. I want to welcome you back to this episode, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe this is episode 25 of this season. So this year, uh, season two started this year. So I believe this is the 25th episode. I could be wrong. It may be 26, uh, but I believe it's 25. But anyway, I'll have to look and see. Um, you can always go and, and click on the link for the podcast uh, or look it up and see how many episodes we've had. Uh, definitely go back and check season one. You'll kind of see the reason why I started the podcast episode because I see so many problems with healthcare uh, and mental health in this country and just kind of how it's delivered and what people get and what they don't get and things like that. That's my That was my reason uh, for starting the podcast. And the other reason for it is to give people practical everyday kind of solutions um, and to get people thinking in a solution-centered manner. Um, it's one thing to observe um, circumstances and the environment and people and to notice things that are problematic or things that have issues or challenges or dilemmas uh, or things that are broken. And there's tons of examples of those these days. But I think the other half of the equation is once you identify a problem, an issue, um, uh, something that's broken, what's the next step? Well, it's a solution. So that's what this podcast is all about. That's why it's called Fresh Start. Every time you create a solution in life, you've essentially created a fresh start. And so the purpose of this podcast and my practices, for that matter, are to give people fresh starts. That's also the purpose of my self-improvement books, which you can find on Amazon. So be sure to check those out. Um, please share the podcast with others. Subscribe. Rate it. Um if you would like to, feel free to email me and let me know what you think about a, a particular episode. Um, my email address is MLC, M as in Michael, L as in Larry, C as in car, the word of, the word greater, and then the word Atlanta at gmail.com. And I do have people who ask me what the MLC stands for, and it stands for Meta Life Coaching or Meta Level Coaching. And part of the reason why I didn't actually... Uh, I left it just as initials because I couldn't decide between life, meta life coaching or meta level coaching. So I just kind of left it there. And I, maybe one of these days I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh, it's hard to choose between meta life coaching and meta level coaching because I, it's all about life and I want people to level up. So it's hard. But anyway, uh, if you do have any comments 
or questions about anything from the podcast, feel free to send me an email or you can just visit my website. Uh, my websites are www.mlcoga.com and www.atlantacoaching.com. Uh, from those websites, you can schedule an appointment, you can request information, you can send me a question, you can do any of those things. Uh, and you can also, you know, uh, get a list of all the podcasts. You can listen to the podcasts from the website. You can also look at uh, other information, and if you need mental health and wellness resources outside of what I provide, you can also look at my mental health resources page. Um, in recent episodes, I have talked about a new service that I created. I like to say that I invented. I'm really proud of it. It's called Life Advice and Life Advice 360. These are um, these are subscription service plans where you subscribe. You pay an annual fee. And I help you when you need it. Uh, you submit questions to me, to an email. It's pretty plain and simple. Uh, you submit a question to an email, I mean, to an email address after you've signed up. And, you know, ideally it would be a paragraph. And then I'll respond back to you in a concise way with an intelligent, professional answer from me. Uh, so you can't beat it. Plans start as low as 25 bucks a month. It's less than a dollar a day. Uh, and with that, that's the lowest plan. Plans increase from there. And with the higher level plans, then you get additional questions every month that you can ask. Um, you also get uh, five minute or 10 minute telephone calls and you get 10% off regular coaching and therapy sessions in my office. So it's a great way if you haven't reached out for mental health help yet or don't plan on it. It's a good way to get some help along the way so that you don't feel like you're drowning in, in issues and decisions and things like that. I will help you with decision making. That's the whole uh, point of this service. Um, or if you're on a budget, you know, um, so like I said, plans start at 25 bucks a month, um, you know, and they go from there. So I would think the $25, the $40, the $60, uh, $80 plans would fit a lot of people in terms of how many questions they have a month or, you know, those kind of things. Um, so go ahead, visit either one of those websites, click on the life advice, uh, tab at the top and read more about life advice and sign up. And uh, I look forward to, to helping you, um, work through some challenges, some problems, some issues, um, in life. And, um, anyway, that's life advice. Uh, that brings us to today's episode. I was actually planning on doing an episode about some of these new viruses that are out, some of the new COVID strains and some of, uh, another new virus called the um, uh, human metanumovirus, um, which a lot of people are talking about that has a lot of um, symptoms that are similar to COVID uh, and things like that. But there's, and there's also one other virus, a new virus out of China that I was going to talk about. But I'm going to talk about something different today because I've had a lot of appointments and a lot of new clients um, presenting with this issue. And I just think it's something that we should talk about, especially since COVID. I think it was a problem before COVID, and I definitely think it's a problem now. And that is the concept of addiction. So definitely tune. This is definitely an episode you want to listen to, take some notes. You can always email me a question if you have a question, or if you want to book an appointment to address an addiction that you think you might have, then I would strongly encourage you to do that. Um, but I'm going to talk about some of the mechanics of addiction. And so and one of some of the reasons why um, it's they're hard to fix and hard to beat and overcome and why they're so prevalent. So in terms of today, I could give you a lot of statistics about addiction. They're off the chart in terms of the number of deaths every year that are associated with a substance or the number of medical problems 
uh, heart attacks, etc., associated with substance and substance addiction, um, and the number of comorbidities and medical problems that people have because of addictions. Um, but I don't know that those numbers would really make a difference in what you do. So I try to provide people with information, data, statements, information that I think alters their decision-making process and helps them to make better decisions. So I could give you a lot of statistics on that. Uh, and I actually did look up some statistics, which I probably won't quote or anything, uh, from the NIH and CDC and other places like that. But, you know, a lot of people do have addictions. Um, as you may or may not know, I also do consulting work in addiction and forensic psychiatry, so I see it all the time. Uh, and, in, and even though I've been doing that for roughly 15 years, there's still occasions where I have to actually look up things um, because addiction is such a big thing and, um, you know, it's changing uh, in terms of the types and uh, numbers of addictions that we have. So it's, it's a field that's always changing. But I'm going to talk about some of the major types of addictions that people have, and I'm just going to talk about some of the mechanics of addiction and what you need to do if you if you have an addiction or if you know somebody who has an addiction and you want to be helpful to them. Um, so I'm going to start off. You already know that a ton of people have addictions these days, and there's so many statistics uh, on those addictions. Like I said, I'm not going to go through those, uh, but a lot of people have addictions, and the number just keeps growing and growing and growing. They're addictions to different things, right? Um, there are some people who are addicted to circumstances, um, right? You know, some people love drama. They're addicted to drama. Wherever drama is, so are they. It's like a shadow for them. Um, so some people are addicted to adrenaline rushes and circumstances that are high adrenaline and high energy and fight or flight mode and things like that. Some people are addicted to those things. Some people are addicted to, you know, fights and arguments and things like that, you know, drama. Some people are addicted to substances. And that's one of the first things that people think about when they think about the term addiction. I could go through uh, some of those substances with you that are really, really prevalent these days. Um, you know, obviously there are things like cigarettes, uh, which is something that I did for 30 years from the age of 15 until 45 uh, when I made a choice and a decision uh, that I did not want to be imprisoned by that habit anymore. Um, and I have a ton, a ton of clients and you won't, I mean, they run the gamut from doctors to lawyers, to engineers, to, you know, everything, secretaries, teachers, um, construction workers, et cetera, et cetera, who come with that addiction. Um, and within that addiction of, of, of uh, cigarettes, which is the, you know, one of them is the bigger is, is nicotine, right? So that includes people who smoke cigarettes, people who smoke uh, black and miles, which are kind of like these little bitty cigars, uh, people who vape. And that's the biggest number. Uh, and I'm going to kind of tell you some things later on about why it's so difficult for people to quit vaping. It's a huge thing, especially depending uh, on the age of the person. Um, you know, vaping tends to uh, go more towards younger people, whereas older people tend to be more likely to be cigarette smokers. But even that's changing. But I'm going to tell you some things about what make it, makes vaping so difficult to quit. Um, and like I said, if you have an issue with vaping, if you want to flip the script, change the narrative, shift the paradigm in your life in terms of addiction then, you know, uh, visit my office and schedule an appointment and we'll figure it out. 
Um, so that's nicotine. Other things that are common like tea uh, and coffee, you know, where people are getting caffeine, um, that's another one. Um, and then you have back to the circumstances, and I would say uh, not just circumstantial, but is is technology and that's huge and that's another huge addiction that people come to me for a lot of people have that now they cannot stop using their phone they can't stop scrolling they can't stop you know using instagram facebook um gosh what are the other ones um youtube uh you know messenger all that kind of stuff and they're just so tied into their phone and technology that also includes some things like games and stuff like that a lot of people are addicted there are a lot of games that use algorithms that kind of keep people addicted but those are technology addictions so those are the kind of general categories of addictions um that i kind of generally talk about and of course there's harder stuff harder substances right um those would be things like you know alcohol and marijuana and cocaine and crack and heroin and PCP and, uh, you know, all of those different types of things. Um, and so, you know, addictions run the gamut from people who are addicted to, to you know, dramatic or uh, hair-raising circumstances, um, you know, generally speaking, adrenaline highs. There are people who are addicted to, um, you know, nicotine or nicotine-related products. There are people who are addicted to harder substances, like I just mentioned, uh, ranging from alcohol, which is legal, obviously, uh, to marijuana, which is becoming legal, and all the other things that are not legal uh, and probably won't be for some time, although that seems to be changing too. And that includes things like, you know, cocaine and ecstasy and um, heroin and PCP and all those kind of things. And then, you know, the other category that I mentioned is um, is technology. Uh, devices, phones, applications, programs, um, uh, platforms, things like that, right? So I'm going to talk about addiction in general, and then I'll get to some of the more specifics. So generally speaking, right, um, addictions involve, and it's I'm going to say this too, it's really, really important for you to realize not only the level of addiction that you or someone else has for something. And when I say the level, I mean the concentration of whatever it is the addiction is, right? The number of cigarettes, the amount of drinks, the amount of, you know, the, the bag size, whatever the amount of whatever it is, right? The concentration of it uh, or, or the frequency is of it, how often you do it, whether you smoke cigarettes once a day, one cigarette a day, or you smoke every five minutes, or if you vape twice a day, which I've rarely met anybody who's coming to my office who only vapes twice a day, to people who vape, I don't know, 90, single, 90 times a day or higher, or you know, 200 times. And usually I can tell you, when you don't count the number of times that you engage in that behavior, you really don't know how much you do it. And you'll probably underestimate it. You'll think, oh, I vape a little bit. Yeah, not a big deal. And then you actually do what I have people to do when they come to my office, which is keep a journal of their addictive behavior. And then they look at the number and they're like, oh, my God, I had no idea that I vaped this much. This is the reason why I'm having shortness of breath when I climb stairs or I'm tired or I can't exercise as much or my brain is foggy or I can't make decisions easily or I can't quit on my own because they're vastly underestimating the number. Um, but you know, it also has to do with the potency too. 
Uh, and, you know, in my opinion, in a lot of ways, one of the things that surprises people about vaping versus smoking is a lot of people who vape are way more addictive than cigarette smokers are. Um, and I'll get into this a little bit more, but one of the reasons why that is is because there's a social price you pay for smoking cigarettes. And that same price is not there with, with vaping, right? Um, smoking, during the time when I started smoking, uh, I think was, what, 1980, jeez, 89, maybe? When I was 15, I think, so, yeah. Um, 89, 88, 89, right in there, that period of time. It was socially unacceptable. It was okay, kind of acceptable, but not really. It was going out of fa fashion, right? It was becoming laissez-faire. And so when I started smoking, it was going out of fashion. And it was people were you know, more likely to hide and smoke, things like that. Years, decades earlier, when I was born, people would smoke everywhere. Doctors would smoke in hospitals in a surgical suite while they were doing surgery. Uh, doctor, I mean, people would smoke on airplanes. Nurses would smoke. Everybody smoked everywhere. No big deal. That was, the you know. 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, until the 70s uh, and 80s. And then there was kind of a movement in the opposite direction. And then it became very lazy fair. And, and that's when, you know, you had all the commercials out with people talking about no smoking and things like that. Um, but with vaping, it's different. You can vape on the sly. It doesn't stink like a cigarette. You can get away with it. You can hide it. Uh, you know, there aren't the telltale signs that give you away as a cigarette smoker, like smokers breath, smoker's breath or bad breath, or like smoker's clothes or smoker's hair or smoker's skin and all the other things. I mean, smoke, you know, from cigarettes gets everywhere. So it's hard to hide, uh, even though some people like me did a pretty good job of it. Uh, but you can never hide from something like that. It, it comes out one way or another. But with vaping, you can do it almost anywhere. Even the places where they say no vaping, you can, there's no way, there's nothing really to catch you. You can sneak and do it. You can hide and do it. You can turn your head and do it. You can, whatever. So it's easier to do. And because of that, people do it more often. So because of the ease of doing it, the frequency increases. And you have people who think they don't vape much and they vape every 10 seconds. I mean, every 10 minutes uh, or every 20 minutes or every 30 minutes. And it just, it's like that. So you know, that's one of the big things, uh, and I'll talk about that a little bit later down the road. But I want to start here, though. When people use substances to an addictive level, and that just means a level where you have to do it constantly or regularly, they are usually trying to either soothe an ill that exists, right? You could call it scratching a scab, uh, soothing an ill, um, medicating... Uh, a problem, whatever, or they're trying to escape or both. It's usually a combination of those things. So it's really, really important if you come in anywhere, whether it's my office or somewhere else, but it's really important for you to understand why and how you develop the habit you have. And the reason why is because if you do something to the point where it becomes a part of who you are, you're doing it for a reason. That habit is soothing some ill that you have or placating some part of you that is damaged. Um, and if it wasn't, then you would never pick up the habit anyway. You would try and be like, you know what, this isn't for me, and you wouldn't do it, right? The fact that the lock and the key fit tells you something about yourself. And it's really important to know that. 
Addiction is a lock and key mechanism. And if you look it up, you'll see how that happens. You could look at it from a receptor standpoint in terms of the receptors that are activated in different types of addiction, whether you're talking about mu opioid receptors for narcotics and things like that, or you're talking about other receptors, uh, when you're talking about, you know, dopaminergic receptors or acetylcholine receptors uh, with smoking or whatever receptors you're talking about, but it's lock and key. And if the key doesn't fit, it will not turn the lock. And so if you've got an addiction to a, circum to a, a circumstance or a substance, it's there for a reason and it points to the problem. The smoking habit, the addiction habit is a symptom right? It's a response, a reaction to the larger problem. And if you don't get to that larger problem, you will replace that habit with a different one. I promise you. That's one of the problems with, with, uh, and, and they never talk about this on the commercials. Uh, but that's one of the problems with Nicorette and, um, uh, nicotine patches and Nicorette gum and things like that is they don't get to the root cause of why you're doing it. And so, um, and then they, they try to make fun of things like hypnosis and hypnotherapy, which is really sly because hypnosis and hypnotherapy have been around for thousands of years, even before Nicorette ever thought about existing. But anyway, the problem with things like that is they don't get to the root cause of the problem. If you have a, an addiction, a habit, it's for a reason. And you need to understand what that reason is because you're going to have to fight that and fix that just as much as you're going to have to deal with the symptom or the addiction itself the addiction is a symptom of a larger root problem and you've got to understand that and and it's so common i see it all the time where people people don't listen to this advice they they do quit smoking or something like that and they use nicorette gum or nicotine patches uh nicotrol patches whatever you know whatever it is and they can't get off the gum i've had clients to come to me they're addicted to the gum uh, or the patches. And the problem with that is those things don't address the root cause. And that's one of the things, if you listen to some of my earlier podcasts, I kind of rail on pharmaceutical companies in some ways. Uh, and even the med medical uh, profession itself or the medical establishment is because it looks at the symptoms, but it doesn't look at the root causes. And if you look at all these, all these medications that are coming out um, for, you know, skin conditions and things like that, the ones that suppress your immune system, they're not actually getting to the root cause. They're covering up the symptom by suppressing part of your immune system, but that's not the real problem. The problem is your body is reacting to something, something you're eating or something that you're getting from the environment, right? That's why your skin is breaking out in different places, right? Whether it's the elbows or whatever, um, you know, and all those conditions that, you know, they've got all these products, all these new pharmaceutical drugs out there, um, um, to, to deal with, but they're not dealing with the real problem. They're just suppressing part of your body's immune system that you actually need to fight off other stuff. So it's really not a good thing. Um, but, you know, back to what I was saying about uh, addiction is the addiction is a symptom. It's a shout out for help that some other issue exists that you've got to get to the root cause of it, right? Um, and if you come to me, I promise you, we will get to the root cause of why you're vaping or smoking or drinking or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And then we'll fight it on both ends from the addiction standpoint and also from the root cause. Right. Um, so that's number one. It's important to know why you have the addiction that you have. And I promise you, it's not by accident. It, there's a there's a reason, an exact 
reason, like a lock and key, why you're doing it. It's also important to understand how you develop the habit too, right? The timeline for how it happened. That's important, right? Whether you're constructing a legal case uh, for, you know, somebody who's been arrested for murder, or you're trying to figure out somebody's help somebody move past an addiction, it's important to know the timeline of events, how it happened, right? Because that gives you insight into why it happened, right? The how and the why go together, right? Um, so that's really, really important. Um, but generally speaking, a lot of times people are escaping. Uh, and what I'll tell you is, is this kind of concept about the substances that usually people engage in in terms of addiction. And I'm specifically talking about uh, substances. You could apply the same concept to people who are addicted to circumstances like adrenaline rushes um, and technology as well because the technology is just a distraction uh, generally speaking but one of the big concepts for people who use substances and one of the problems the reason why it's it doesn't even uh, it's not even successful is because of this if you are using a substance you are soothing an ill in one part of your brain but you're also affecting the other parts of your brain that don't need soothing right so it's not a specific solution to a problem. If you have a problem, regardless of what it is, you need to come up with a solution that just fixes the problem that doesn't cause other problems. But the problem with, with th like for instance, if you talk about, um, let's say cigarettes, or you could say the same thing for opioid narcotics. Um, when you use those substances, they affect the entire brain, but the part of your brain that you're trying to you know, fix or soothe with that cigarette or with that pill. That's not the only part that is affected by the drug. The whole body is and all parts of your brain too. So that's the problem. And it's just like anything else. If you did not have, if you didn't have a problem with pain, like pain, if you don't have any muscle aches or pains and you just started taking Oxycontin, for instance, if you took Oxycontin and became it became a habit and addiction and you stopped it, you would end up with pain. And so that's the problem is if you don't have something and you apply a remedy to it, when you withdraw the remedy, you end up with a problem anyway. It's just kind of a serendipitous thing. So what I'm saying is that if you start smoking, which is a, a behavior, uh, a habit uh, that is meant to soothe one part of the brain, you make the rest of your brain and body pay a price just to help that one part, right? That's the problem. And that's true with every every type of addiction, whether it's cell phones, whether it's games, whether it's porn, whether it's cigarettes or alcohol or marijuana or heroin or everything else. One part of you or one part of your brain or one part of yourself is broken and you're making the rest of all of you pay the price to heal that one part. And the problem is, is you need to become an addict in order to heal that one part. And it's still not healed. It's going to need more and more. So it's just a never ending problem, right? It's a slippery slope. So that's the big part of it. Uh, by trying to soothe one ill, you actually punish the rest of who you are. Mind, body, spirit, soul, and psyche. And that process. So that's one thing. It's really, really important to get to the root cause of why you do something. That way you can apply a specific uh, solution to that one part 
without making the rest of you suffer for it, right? So that's one thing. Um, the other thing, aside from understanding uh, the why you do something uh, and the how you do it, is to understand that in terms of sp specifically with vaping and cigarettes and things like that, you know, people think about their lungs, but trust me, your brain plays just as big a price as your lungs do, every part of you, because when you inhale that into your lungs, it goes everywhere, right? You've got these arteries in your lungs called pulmonary arteries, right? Uh, and those arteries send blood to all parts of your body, right? And so you're sending those things to every part of yourself, including your brain, right? And a lot of people who come to me with vaping habits or cigarette habits, one of their chief complaints is ADD symptoms. Well, yeah, that makes perfect sense because you're numbing, you're dulling part of your brain and then you're exciting another part of it, right? Um, and so a lot of people with a habit for a vaping or smoking and other things too, but especially those, one of the first things that they say is, you know, I feel mentally foggy all the time. I don't have any energy. I can't make decisions. I can't plan ahead. I keep procrastinating. Um, I'm confused. I can't acquire information easily. I have to reread things two or three times. Uh, if it's not simple, I won't get it. All of those things, right? And, you know, obviously it could be something like ADA. ADHD, but as I talked about in, in a previous podcast, almost anything can call, cause ADD symptoms. A vitamin deficiency or mineral deficiency or uh, amino acid deficiencies can cause ADHD symptoms. And so it doesn't surprise me that a lot of smokers come to me and they're just like, you know what? I can't focus like I used to. I can't concentrate. I can't think. Uh, I can't, you know, make decisions. I can't plan ahead. I procrastinate. I put things off. Uh, my brain just doesn't work the same, and it's because of that. Um, another concept that I'd like to just kind of put out there is this, and this is one of the reasons why it's harder for people to quit vaping than it is for cigarettes. It's, and that's the concept of frequency, how often you do something. Like I said earlier, socially smoking cigarettes is out of fashion. Uh, and so people hide that. Uh, they don't do it openly. It's not allowed in nearly as many places as it used to be. And there's a social price you pay for it. So people, even when they get engaged in the habit, including myself, they would do it uh, secretly. You know, I know I did uh, when I made the decision to quit smoking um, in 2019. Uh, if I wanted, if I were at work and I needed a cigarette, I'd get in my car and go for a drive and grab lunch or, you know, or I'd go behind, you know, whatever, hide. Uh, I really would. Um, and I wasn't the only one doing it either. Other people were doing it too. Um, so, but with vaping, you don't have to do that because they're scented and they, you know, it, they don't stink and things like that. Well, the thing about it is the ease of use of vaping causes people to do it more. And next thing you know, they do it all the time. And then they underestimate vastly how often they do it. In terms of addiction, the less frequent you do something, the easier it is to quit. The more frequent you do something, the harder it is for quit. So, for instance, let's just throw out an example. You know, let's say uh, marijuana. Let's say you say, you know what, 
I only smoke marijuana on, on special occasions. You know, my birthday once a year, that, that'd be an example. Or New Year's or some special celebration. Well, you know, if you only smoke marijuana on New Year's Eve, you don't really have a habit because you do it once a year. That's not really a habit, right? On the opposite, if you have a, an IV in your arm that's giving you oxycodone or hydrocodone, then you have a severe addiction. You're getting a constant supply of it. The problem is, is when you look at that spectrum from doing something once a year, once every few years, and it not being a part of who you are, uh, just something you indulge in sporadically, and you having an IV, the closer you get to the IV, the harder that is to, to quit. And the problem with vaping is people do it constantly and they don't pay attention to the numbers, right? And so it's almost, almost, almost like having an IV. And that makes it harder to quit. The frequency of doing something makes it harder to quit. Uh, and so that's one of the big things. And that's one of the reasons why it's important to have a good idea, to keep a journal, to count the number. Uh, I know I did that when I smoked cigarettes. Um, when I quit, I, I counted every single day. And I'm trying to remember how long I did that for, for maybe three months. I counted the number a month, three months, something like that. The number of cigarettes that I smoked and I, you know, I noted it and I knew exactly where my habit was. Uh, but a lot of people do that. Another situation where that's quite common, which I see all the time in terms of uh, doing um, consultations for, in addiction psychiatry is this. A lot of people in terms of their drinks underestimate them too. Uh, and that happens all the time. The prime example is the person who goes, well, you know, uh, you know, I don't think I drink too much, but I have, uh, let's say, three drinks a day. Right. And it's like, OK, well, you know, maybe it's not good to have three drinks a day, but that's not outrageous. The problem with that is, is when people say a drink, that drink that they're counting as one drink is actually two or three or four. Right. Especially if you've got a bar at home and you're making the drinks and you're not measuring and stuff like that. So, I mean, a drink, if you look it up and and I had to do that on a recent case that I had um, where I actually had to look up. Uh, the number of, of drinks or shots um, in a fifth or in a pint and things like that, you know, um, or a 750 milliliter bottle and things like that. But, you know, a lot of people uh, vastly underestimate how much they're smoking or how much they're drinking. And it's very common for people to say, you know what, I have two drinks a day every day after work. And then on the weekends, I have about four to five drinks. That's very common. I see that all the time. Well, and so, you know, if you add that up, two drinks and then Friday, usually Friday is the start of the weekend, right? So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they have four drinks times, uh, I mean, they have two drinks a night times four days. That's eight drinks, right? And then Friday, Saturday, eh, Sunday, maybe a little bit less, but let's average it. Um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they have three drinks. Let's be conservative, right? Three drinks uh, times three days, right? Uh, that's nine. So nine plus eight is 17 drinks, 17 drinks a week times four is 68 drinks a month, right? The problem is a lot of those drinks are equal to two or three drinks. So that person who thinks they're having 17 drinks a week is actually having what 17 times three is what 51 drinks a week, right? That's a big difference between 20, you know, 17 drinks and 51, the person who, you know, thinks that they're having 
two, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's say how many drinks a month? 64 drinks a month is actually having 200 drinks a month, 180. That's the problem. So most people don't measure their their drinks. A lot of bartenders over pour. That's how they make their money. That's how they get good tips. How That's how they make their customers happy. And that's the thing about it. So a lot of people vastly underestimate the amount of alcohol they're drinking. And when they say that they have 10 drinks a week, it's really 30 or 40 drinks a week. So that's a big thing there. Uh, and that's just, you know, that's, I'm not saying people purposely do that. People just don't think when they say drink, they think it's one cocktail, but it's actually four, three, two, three, four shots, right? So that's a big part of it there. And, and that's why people start to have symptoms and they're like, I don't even drink that much. Well, you, you don't realize you do, but you do. Uh, and that same thing, like I said, is, is common for people who smoke cigarettes, but even more common for people who vaping because the frequency that you do it uh, makes it even harder to kind of calculate how often you do it. You're going to vastly underestimate. Um, and that's one of the reasons why in generally in, in my experience, it's harder for people to quit vaping than it is for them to quit cigarettes, but they can do it. Uh, you can do it. Um, come to my office and we'll figure it out. Um, the, the other thing or the last thing that I'd like to talk about before I just kind of wrap up this topic is, it's kind of technology. That's like one of the biggest new addictions that people have. I'm not going to really talk about people who are adrenaline junkies. If you're an adrenaline junkie, that's part of your personality. We can talk about that and we can fix that. There's some specific techniques that I use for people who are adrenaline junkies. Um, and generally speaking, they're pretty successful. But I want to talk about technology but just because that's the biggest thing. And because it's a losing battle. The reason why it's a losing battle is because of things like AI. AI is just artificial intelligence is just the use of algorithms right uh, to build networks that think that's really what AI is AI is a group or a set or a menu of algorithms that think and solve problems right and the problem with technology whether you're talking about Netflix or all these streaming services or you're talking about Facebook or Instagram uh, or YouTube or, you know, all those kind of platforms and applications, or you're talking about, for instance, games and things like that, is they use algorithms to keep you tapping, to keep you scrolling, to keep you moving, right? TikTok is probably the best, and that's one reason why I never have never gotten a TikTok account, because it's just addiction. It's another reason why I also don't watch Netflix, because I just don't want that. Uh, I just don't think I need it. And if I calculate, I kind of, have guesstimated that the pleasure that I would get from watching Netflix doesn't equal the pleasure of what I create by investing in myself and my business. So I can, I make a choice and I make it concrete. You can have Netflix or you can have, uh, you know, a car, you can have Netflix or you can have a vacation. That's how I do it. And I choose the vacation or the car or the home or the earlier retirement and those kind of things instead of Netflix. To me, they're just productivity killers, but they're based off of algorithms that predict what you're going to be addicted to. So you cannot win against those algorithms. You really can't. Uh, I don't think you can. And the number of people who come to me who are addicted to their cell phones and addicted to Facebook and addicted to scrolling or some game or YouTube or Xtube or Pornhub or all these things that just give you content after content and content and just feed your addiction. 
just like you had an IV of, of morphine hooked to your arm, um, is, is unreal. And that's going to be the next big addiction that people have, not just vaping, but these platforms. And I think we're already there. I think nobody even saw that coming. Uh, and I think it's a travesty. Uh, and so that's the biggest thing. And if you have a technology addiction, you have to use similar strategies to get rid of that um, that you do for vaping and alcohol and cigarettes uh, and other stuff. And in fact, you have to use a greater number of strategies because technology is such a part of our life. If you want to quit vaping or quit cigarettes, yeah, it's a part of your life, but it's not something you have to use. With technology, uh, you know, it's hard not to use your cell phone or your desktop computer or your laptop computer. Just try. Just try to go the whole weekend without using any devices and see how it works. It is not easy, right? Try going a weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or just try Saturday and Sunday. Keep Friday since that's a week, a day week. Friday's kind of like in between. It's gray. It's it's a weekday uh, and it's a weekend day too. But, you know, just try Saturday and Sunday. Divorce yourself from emails, from apps, from computers, from devices, all that kind of stuff. Technology, a TV, streaming services, all that stuff. Try for Saturday and Sunday and see, let me know how it works out. It's tough. So that's the problem is it's become part of who we are. Uh, it's part of our, it seems to be part of our evolution. And the funny thing about evolution is evolution tends to be a compromise. Who we are at any one point tends to be a compromise between who we used to be and who we're going to be in the future. So if technology is part of our future, part of what's happening to humanity is we're becoming technology. And that's scary. With that, I'm going to wrap up. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode about addiction. If you do have an addiction, there are resources available. Uh, I would urge you, you know, if, if it's if it's an addiction that you'd like to quit, come to my office and we'll figure it out. Even if it's something, even if it's beyond what I can do, I will put you in the right direction in terms of where you need to go. Um, I do think it's important to get to the root cause of your addiction, the how and the why you do what you do. And that way you can fix it from the inside out. It is the case that if you do not get to the root causes of your addiction, the addiction will come out in some other way. And I see that all the time. And I can give you example after example of how that happens. Um, and, you know, the other the other part of that, too, is is you really want to understand what your needs are and what your kind of uh, what your pros and cons are. You know, what are your Achilles heel? It, you need to know that. You need to know your strengths and your weaknesses. Everybody has weaknesses. And part of dealing with weaknesses that you have is using self-care and self-love mechanisms um, so that those weaknesses don't zap part of who you are. And like I said earlier, that's what happens with addictions. The problem is you're trying to soothe one part of yourself. You're trying to heal um, you're trying to fix, uh, placate one part of who you are, one part of your mind, one part of your brain, um, and the rest of you is paying the price, and you don't want that. So with that, I'm going to wrap up. Definitely go online, check out my website, check out my new service, Life Advice. Um, it's, it's very affordable, and it's going to help you during the tough times. It's going to help you in terms of making decisions. You'll get advice directly from me. Uh, and it's relatively expensive. So with that, 
Uh, I want to wish everybody a great weekend and I will see you during the next podcast. I do have a, another upcoming podcast uh, with my co- my client and special guest, Milot Tezera. So that is coming up. And um, anyway, tune in. Definitely check out the previous episodes that I've done. Like I said, this is season two. I think this is episode 25. Definitely check out the episodes that I did on Boundaries. Uh, boundaries are so important. They really shape who we are and what we manifest in life uh, and how we manage our time and our energy. Definitely check out the episode that I did on time management and time and how to change time and manage time and save time and create time and make time. And then check out the episodes on self-care and self-love. Okay, with that, I'm out. Take care. Bye-bye.